0: Welcome to the Gaining Momentum podcast with your hosts, Abby and Megan. This is the podcast where we try our best to parent our kids for the world we want them to grow up in and the world we live in now.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Gaining Momentum this week. Um, Abby, I'm so happy to see you today. How are you? I'm good. I, <laughs> I
0: had a break, <laughs> but I was like, wait, what was the question? <laughs> I know. Hang
1: on. Uh, I forget the question. Can you please repeat the question?
0: Language of origin, please. It's a <laughs>
1: tricky question. It is. It's a complicated question. We've said this in the past. How are you today?
0: I am pretty good today. I have done some good writing. Nice. I'm a little bit disheartened because I'm waiting to hear back on a couple of projects, and the waiting process is always a little bit tricky, a little bit hard. Yeah. But I am remaining hopeful, and I yeah. think I produce some good stuff. So hopefully, other people see it that way as well. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just cocooned in my little uh, office area here, getting ready to hunker down for winter. How are you doing? Nice.
1: You're hibernating.
0: Um, I'm doing okay. I
1: yeah, I had. Um, it's been really busy and really overwhelming at times, Mm -hmm. definitely like working hard on anxiety and working Mm -hmm. through it, um, Mm -hmm. and building skills in that department.
0: Yeah. Sorry. When you say building skills in that department, how are you doing that? Like, what are you, where are you finding resources? Uh,
1: well, my counselor, a, um, so working with somebody to, you know, actually like do some parts work and like, um yeah figure out like where it lives and what the fear is and all those all those good things um and then i think there's i i don't know like what like the models or the modalities are but like probably lots of like cbt stuff just like understanding your thoughts naming them
0: yeah for some reason my brain heard like i you said cbt cognitive behavioral therapy (laughs) yeah but like my brain went cbd
1: yeah oh and that
0: (laughs) and i was like okay cbd work how do you do cbd work well you put it in your body in whatever way you can <laughs> and you wait for it to work and you wait for it to kick in yes absolutely
1: um yeah and so just like i you know what's really interesting i find that like when i'm working with somebody on it i, I it's really accessible to me and it makes a lot of sense and i'm like you know, like feeling very calm and it's very effective. Like, so let's say my counselor takes me through like a meditation or something that like helps me sort of like do some of that work. Mm-hmm. The part that I'm really trying to figure out is like how to be more integrative. So like when I leave that space mm-hmm. or when I'm not in a perfect moment or mm-hmm. in my bed at night in like a perfect environment, like really like how do you, I think that's like the next level is just like being able to access that stuff. Like mm-hmm. w- when, when it's most needed. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be the level up. Nice. Nice. Um, but I'm working on it. So good for you. What about you? What are you doing for care?
0: Um, Ooh, actually a friend of mine just started with a personal trainer. Ooh. Yeah. Sweet. So just, we're just doing one session a week, two sessions. I don't even remember what we signed up for now, but <laughs> yeah. So her and I will get together and the trainer will be over zoom. And it's just a friend Amazing. I grew up playing soccer with. So it's really nice to kind of have that piece of what we loved about training together back in the day and recapturing a bit of it now as adults, even though our children are like crawling Mm -hmm. all around and (laughs) getting in on the action too.
1: Yeah. That's a great link to what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get to that, and before we segue into the episode, I did get um, some information from you late at night the other (laughs) night, and I don't want to call you out, but, and maybe this is a form of self-care for you. Yes. But uh, it's late at night, and I get a series of WhatsApps from Abby that are like a super deep dive on S Club Seven, another '90s favorite.
0: S Club ain't no party like. It. Can we
1: sing it? Can we? I don't know if we can.
0: Actually, it was 1998 to 2003, so they weren't okay. strictly oh, '90s. Right. Um, right. Yes, they were together for five years. They had four albums. They sold over 10 million <laughs> albums worldwide. They won two Brit, award- Brit awards.
1: You're officially a Stan big time. Yeah. What do you call an S club seven fan? Oh, let's name it now. Um, club, club
0: kids, club, S clubbers, club sevens, clubbers, Clevins, sevens, Clevin. sevens. <laughs> we need work. There's, there's gotta be a name. We'll there. workshop it. We'll workshop yeah. it. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe this isn't the place to do this, but,
1: and I gotta say it's probably, we're probably like appropriating something because, uh, it's probably out there already. Oh yeah.
0: For sure. I don't remember. Oh, I was listening to a Spotify playlist. It's like mm-hmm. the, um, the, like, I don't know what double O's 2000, like it's 2000s, oughts. but just oughts. the odds, the odds valid yeah. playlist. Oh, nice. And S Club seven never had a dream come true. Oh, that's the other yeah. one. I'm oh, no, Megan, there st- are a lot. Trust me, you know a lot more <laughs> S Club Seven songs than you really think had you do. A dream come true. true. Is that it? to the day, to the day that I-, I found you.
1: We're cutting that yeah. out. Anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Yeah. So, of course, in my brain, I was like, oh, well, I could go to bed now because it's midnight. Or I could stay up for like another hour, deep diving on not just the band, but like each individual member. And there Mm -hmm. are seven members as the name implies. Seven (laughs) members. (laughs) And so I am now, yeah, I guess an expert on like Joe, Tina, Bradley. Oh, she knows the names. Can she name them all? John, Rachel, and Hannah. Oh, snap. That's a mic drop. And like, sadly, I did not look that up. That's the sad part. And You know what? That's the that's the information I came into it with.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, ain't no party like an S Club party. Yeah, ma'am. Ain't no party like a gaining momentum party. Um, <laughs> as we transition into the discussion that we're going to have today, mm-hmm. um, so what are we what are we
0: talking about today? Well, as our final episode of Mental Health Awareness Month, we will be talking about body image.
1: Ooh, yeah. Let's take a quick break, and then yeah. we'll we'll get into it. As we mentioned off the top today, we wanted to tackle, um, and talk a bit about body image and bodies mm-hmm. and how we're talking to our kids about bodies, um, you know, in the complicated moment that we live in, in the world in lots of different ways. So before we kind of dive in to anything specific, I just want to like get grounded a little bit. Like, how do you feel talking about this topic? Like, is this an easy to- topic for you to discuss?
0: So I'm going to just go start with my favorite route, throw a couple mm-hmm. definitions in there. So when we use the term body talk, that one's fairly self-explanatory, but it's just the way you speak about your body and then body image, are emotional attitudes, beliefs, and perceptions that you have of your own body. Okay, great. Thank you for that. No worries. So this is going to be a tricky topic for me. I'm not entirely sure what will come up or what won't, or like if it's Mm going to trigger anything. But I think it's a really important topic to talk about because we all have bodies and we are Mm -hmm. all made to feel certain ways about our bodies based on the messaging around there and the beauty standards, wherever we Mm -hmm. live that we are flooded with, whether we subscribe to them or not, it's all Mm -hmm. part of our world each day. So I feel, I feel glad that we're having this conversation Mm -hmm. and I also feel a little bit of trepidation.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's totally understandable and fair and to be expected. Um, I think that is probably really relatable for a lot of folks that are listening and even, and for myself too. Um, I think just like from a modeling for other people place, like when you're having a difficult conversation that can maybe be triggering or bring stuff up, it's important that we like also just acknowledge we can stop at any time. And, um, yeah, like it's not, it can be interesting. We sometimes don't know like what a topic is going to bring up for us um, mm-hmm. when we are like intentionally digging in. And then especially I think sometimes like how it can be differently triggered when we think about it in relation to our kids yes. and our parenting yes, and all those pieces. Yeah. I feel similarly. I think my, um, I think like a lot of people who are gendered in the way that we are, mm-hmm. um, bodies are complicated mm-hmm. and talking about them is complicated. Our relationships with our own bodies are really complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I would echo kind of where, where you're sitting with it, but I am excited to talk about it um, because I do think it's an important one for folks to be thinking about in their own parenting and in their own families.
0: Yeah. And it's a good cue too, for me to sort of revisit what I'm thinking into, I think we keep coming back to the idea of intentionality. Mm -hmm. So what I want to be intentional and mindful of in my parenting with my child around the idea of body talk and body image. Mm -hmm. So Meg. Mm-hmm. let's, let's go back to childhood. <laughs> let's take a little trip down memory lane. Okay. Let's do it. Um, What are your first memories of like the fact that you like had a body and that having a female body would be mm-hmm. treated a certain way in our culture?
1: Yeah. Interesting. I'm interesting. I'm interested to hear if you had, cause we could talk a lot about like how our family structures were similar. Mm-hmm. So I I'm interested to hear if you, you had similar experiences or not. Um, I think that my earliest memories were just like memory. I, I, I feel like the ones that stand out are where I become acutely aware that like my body is different than my mm-hmm. siblings
0: mm-hmm.
1: and f- unpack that in a million different ways mm-hmm. that we could unpack that. Cause my siblings were male, were male. They, they identify as, as, um, boys and still do. And also sort of re- Realizing that that wasn't neutral, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that my body was different in lots of different ways. I don't know as like a little if, if as a little kid I was like able to articulate mm-hmm. what that was, but but it wasn't it wasn't neutral. Like it wasn't different in a neutral way. Right. So. Um, Yeah. I don't know if that's like, again, I talk about this sometimes, like I have very like bad memory. Like I can't remember specifics a lot of the time, but what I, what I can recall pretty well is like sentiments and feelings. And I don't know that it was because of anything that anyone was doing or actively cultivating in my household, Mm -hmm. but like could be like the millions of messages around us as well in the world feeling like something about my body was more sort of shamey. Okay. Like more shame around it. But mm-hmm. I can't say more cuz I don't know how they were feeling, but like that's how I would have been interpreting it. Right. And we've talked about this in the past too like wanting to not have a female uh sexed body. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, we talked about that in our gender episodes, I believe. Yeah, because of my siblings and sort of how they were moving through the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so there's I think like that's where like my initial complexity probably lives. What about you? Do you remember like your first in- inclining that like you had a body and it meant something uh yes
0: I had a body I have a body I have a black body Mm -hmm. and I grew up in predominantly white spaces so I just remember from a very young age Mm -hmm. like being aware of that I don't know if it was like pointed out to me but you know my skin covers my body it's a part of my body and it Mm -hmm. looks different from the children around me Mm -hmm. and so I remember um I can't remember what age, but yeah, I just remember not feeling as pretty mm. as the other kids around me because, you know, like they would all wear their hair a certain way or they would all do whatever a certain way. And like, you know, my hair grows out of my head differently. So it doesn't do those same things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I imagine that, um, folks that listen have had similar experiences when like we, we talked with grace last season and mm-hmm. other folks, when you know you're in a space where people don't look like you mm-hmm. how it, I think this happens anywhere even where maybe you are surrounded by lots of folks that look like you um but where that those dominating messages around like beauty standards mm-hmm. that are like rooted in white supremacy let's just mm-hmm. name it are that much more like maybe I, I don't want to say more I don't know but like there's just like another layer when it's just you right and you yep. feel like the um you know, like the anomaly or whatever. And I mm-hmm. imagine that's super hard.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it was. I wouldn't, again, like I wouldn't have had the tools to name it. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known. I know it's one of those things like looking back, it was hard at the time. It was just my life. Right. So you yeah. just, you know, you just move through the world and you don't know any differently until you experience differently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then like later when you start unpacking that, you're like, oh, maybe this had an impact in a particular way.
0: Oh, speaking of things having an impact. Yeah. Yeah. What childhood messages did you remember hearing about your body and like women's body that has stuck with you to this very day?
1: Ooh, definitely like the big jump out message that I carry with me is that thin is best.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: As much as I like totally buck that in my own values and like, you know, we've come a long way in how we understand bodies as a culture a long Mm -hmm. way, but definitely not long enough, arguably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, I think that was like, definitely a dominating message like yeah like to be desirable was to be fit and in my landscape it was also to be athletic um because I was surrounded by folks that were athletes and right um I think like it it doesn't go hand in hand but like there is messaging that like athleticism means like thin and fit and like muscular even Mm -hmm. but like in
0: a fem, but not too muscular yeah exactly exactly
1: Like in a feminine way, yeah. Um. So like even to this day, obviously, like in my rational adult values brain, I can deeply problematize and like push back on that Mm -hmm. all the live long day. But, you know, I still walk by a mirror and will like catch a glimpse of myself and be critical. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Same here. I have that same message that is stuck. That yeah, thin is in. Thin is always in. Yeah. And um. Just that, yeah, like it's more important to be beautiful mm-hmm. in that narrowly ascribed zone of what beauty was, which is like being thin, being white, having mm-hmm. blonde hair, long, blonde, straight hair, you know, the very narrow value system, all the things that like my body mm-hmm. is physically incapable of being.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Those things have stuck with me as an adult. And again, yeah, like the whole rationalization. Now in my adult brain, like I can unpack that but my greatest hope is that I can just unpack it from the beginning with my child so that it's not something that he later has to combat because it's not there to start with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting ride to like, and there's something sort of lovely about this, but also really hard to be able to, as a parent, be going through your own processing and your Mm -hmm. own making sense of what you feel and understand about something like, bodies and beauty and all of Mm -hmm. these things that we're touching on while also like using the vehicle for that as like your intentionality with your own kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So like recognizing like the things that, you know, weren't, weren't good or didn't, you know, didn't that have left certain impressions that are not helpful and that don't like support your, you know, sense of self in the world. Mm -hmm. There's something kind of lovely about that, but also I just want to acknowledge like the other end of it is it's hard. It's really hard.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. And it's going to be ongoing and I'm sure, well, no, yeah. Like I'm absolutely positive. I'm going to fuck up along the way. Yeah, totally. Many times, but I guess I'm just going to get my gut back up and keep trying because there's too much at stake for me not to, because I got this little person who I want to be happy and healthy and I want him to feel whole. Yeah. You and I have talked a lot and
1: we even talked about it already in this episode, um, about how we are at, we were athletes as young women.
0: I think we've talked about that a lot, Meg. I feel like we managed (laughs) to slip that in pretty frequently.
1: It's central (laughs) to our, to our story of how we know
0: each other. So it does come
1: up and, and I think it's central to our identities for sure. um, Even for sure. junction even at this latter juncture in our lives,
0: (laughs) um, Middle juncture, middle juncture. Middle,
1: mid, yeah,
0: <laughs> definitively mid, middle juncture.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to call it midlife anymore. I'm going to call it middle juncture. <laughs> <laughs> you have you had a middle ha- juncture crisis? <laughs> middle, I always perpetually, Um, but I'm wondering, like, that's complicated. So I'm, yeah. I, and I know what it is for me. So I want to just put it out there for us to chat a little bit about how did being a female athlete. And I, and I say that intentionally in this mm-hmm. context, Uh, impact your relationship with your body
0: well it's definitely changed over the years um Mm -hmm. I started playing soccer when I was like eight or nine Mm -hmm. and I think just as a kid I didn't think too much about it except for like Mm -hmm. I just expected it to be able to do these amazing things because I was asking it to yeah. And like, totally. that was like, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to go run over there and try to kick that ball. Oh my God. I just ran over there and kicked that ball. And so mm-hmm. it's like, Oh my God, my body can do these things. This is so cool. Great, Let's yeah. keep going. And yep. then like you continue on and you get a little bit more competitive mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're going through puberty and there's like yep. the social pressures, the body pressures, the body changes, the emotional changes. Mm-hmm. And so I think as a teenager, I felt a little bit more of like a push pull. Mm-hmm. Um, of like wanting to be like an, an incredible athlete, but also wanting to be pretty. Yeah. And the two don't always go hand in hand because female athletes, as we know, aren't necessarily valued super highly in our society.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, really? They're not
0: <laughs> equal pay. Come on. I know. Um, and then moving into university, I think that was probably the worst for me mm-hmm. in terms of athleticism and my relationship to my body. Mm -hmm. and um like it was it was a mind fuck it was just a big big old mind fuck for me yeah I um because I was pushing my body to its absolute limits you know I was working out every day training Mm -hmm. yes training every day working Mm -hmm. out um you know just trying to prove to myself and to my teammates and to my coach that I was good enough that I was strong enough that I was fast Mm -hmm. enough that I deserve to be there Mm because you're constantly competing trying to earn a spot yeah and my particular university soccer experience wasn't necessarily a super positive one Mm-hmm. um so yeah it was a mind fuck I took yeah, a lot of yeah. things out on my body because I just demanded so much of it I demanded perfection from it
1: yeah absolutely. and
0: guess what guys perfect isn't a real thing yeah it doesn't
1: <laughs> exist it's not a concept
0: yeah so it was I had to, I've had to do like a lot of work mm-hmm. a lot of like a lot of mental health work
1: mm-hmm.
0: to regain um, a semblance of a positive, re- positive relationship with my body yeah. just after like all that I've put it through over the years of training and working out mm-hmm. hard and just like, yep. Emotionally abusing my body.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, um, I can relate to a lot of that. You and I did not play together in our post-secondary spaces, but we did both play, mm-hmm. um, like varsity post-secondary soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think the body abuse piece is like very real.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You know, this sort of notion that there are, there isn't a limit to like what your body can handle. Yes. And if you're strong enough mentally and physically, which is like that sort of perfection place, even that we're talking Mm -hmm. about, like, if you could be all the things, then you're, you're good enough.
0: Cause enough is, can be subjective in that regard.
1: Oh, it's also, subject- it's all bullshit, but like, you know, it's like perform it's cause I think what's com- complex about adding the layer it's complex for anybody, super complex for young women mm-hmm. and gender non-binary kids or mm-hmm. trans kids as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I'm not saying it's not complex for young men as well either. I want to talk about that, but like in our case, this is what we know. But then mm-hmm. if when you add the, the, af- the athlete layer to that body puzzle mm-hmm. and that understanding of like what your body is and what it's for like you said, fuck is like the only way to mm-hmm. really articulate that because there's just so much complexity living in that relationship. It's like, it's not only like, oh, I want it to be beautiful and thin and desirable yes. in all the ways um, that you just talked about. Yeah. And for many, because of like white supremacy, beauty standards and all of the things are never mm-hmm. going to be accessible, nor, sh- nor should they, because beauty is like so diverse. And we, you know, we're like totally trying to unfuck our understandings of mm-hmm. that. But it, it's there and we have to acknowledge it. Yes. Um, to not acknowledge it would be disingenuous and a disservice. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so there's all that stuff, but then you also, it's your body functioning in a high performance way is your yes. meal ticket. Yeah. It's your education. Yeah. It's like, for me, it was paying my tuition. Okay. Yeah. So, um, not that, you know, I, I, maybe had some other access to other resources as well, but like mm-hmm. in this, in that, in this case at that time, it was like, you know, and then it's also like, can it continue to pay my tuition if yeah. I could be good enough like, yeah. and go on to a different place or a different league or a different school? Yeah. So it is really complicated and it doesn't that messaging. If you're like a young kid, who's playing elite sport at a young age also, and a young woman is that mm-hmm. you have to, you have to work twice as hard and twice as long to get half as far mm-hmm. as other athletes who are not, um, female or gender non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, so all, I don't know if that's even articulate, but like, it's just like, it's like a layered cake of a hot mess. <laughs> and I think the other piece that it introduced for me was like, when I wasn't any longer a high performance athlete, Mm-hmm my body changed mm-hmm. in dramatic ways. Mm-hmm. And coming to terms with that and understanding that mm-hmm. and going from there is also a mind fuck. Yeah.
0: Cause then when you're not training all the time, obviously mm-hmm. your body loses the capability to do what it could. And then mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing trying to learn relearn your body.
1: Yeah. It's like uh I remember. Well, and I think we'll get here and I think it's important for us to dig into this piece um, as people who have grown bodies in our body. So had pregnancies Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a similar feeling after having a baby that I felt like I was in a stranger's body.
0: Yeah. Well, let's just get into it now. Yeah. So what was pregnancy like for you in terms of your body image?
1: Um, So my first pregnancy, I gained 60 pounds. Mm -hmm. So... Let's just track back to what I said earlier about, um, my ingrained perceptions that as much as I can say with my thinking brain that they're wrong, mm-hmm. um, are around thinness mm-hmm. and fitness, um, around like being desirable, et cetera, whatever. Um, so gaining 60 pounds on a five foot four frame was significant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a high risk pregnancy with my first, so I was really afraid mm-hmm. and I was really sort of waiting for my body to betray me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, this wasn't going to work out and that something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and people may relate to that or not. I don't know. Um, so I was scared and I, I basically like stopped all movement. And, um, I think it was also partly because I was still, um, pretty excessively active prior to my first pregnancy Mm -hmm. to then like come to a screeching halt was like had an effect on my body Mm -hmm. not to mention you're growing a human being right so all of the like pieces that accompany that yeah so that was complicated for me and difficult what about you with with your pregnancy
0: yeah that was also complicated and difficult for me I did not exercise during my pregnancy it's funny I had all these like Grand notions of what yeah. I would do and how I just totally. like, you know, I'd like go for light jogs and I'd just yeah. like I'm gonna you swim know, every day, yeah, doing all these <laughs> things. And meanwhile, all I did was like hug my freaking toilet the entire nine months. Yeah, no shit. And but oh then I also like gained a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. Which, like, yeah. the two should, like, it feels like the two shouldn't go together because I couldn't hold down any food. But I know, then somehow so cool. my body was just like retaining so much. Anyway, there's a picture yeah. on our Instagram if you scroll down far enough of like my foot during pregnancy oh, because yeah. Yeah. I basically had like an elephant's foot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the water retention, was <laughs> yeah. Wild. My, the yeah. edema
0: was out of control. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was just, it was weird because it was. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. It's just a weird experience because, you know, there's so many changes. None of it's in your control. Nope. Mm-hmm. And I think control is like a tricky one. Um, again, from athletes, you you know, you live a little bit more of a regimented lifestyle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then, yeah, like having to just try to keep yourself healthy and keep like this being growing inside of you healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a weird thing.
1: Yeah. And it's like, um, the athlete piece—it's like there's a control around. Like, if I just do these things, yes. and train in this way and yes. eat in this way, yes, I will f- achieve X result. Yeah, and it, with pregnancy, like you said, everything becomes like out of your will of control. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like from a mental health place, like I was scared. I had like real big barriers around, like mm-hmm. fear.
0: Yeah, same here. I, but I also had this moment too. Well, several moments, I don't know, whatever. Like when I just, I was really proud of my body for what it was doing. Like I was just, I was, I was marveling at it. Just the ability that it kept going. Mm -hmm. and that like this kid was growing and somehow despite like not holding down (laughs) any food despite like a resistance to so many things during my pregnancy I'm not
1: laughing at you it's just like it's such a nightmare that it has to be comical (laughs) like it's so bad
0: oh I was just like visualizing just about how like my body like hated water so like I couldn't drink water without throwing up and like I don't know if you guys have heard water is pretty vital to our existence (laughs) I
1: know, you heard it here first it's required <laughs>
0: late breaking news we need more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like it was just like it was just so many insane things yeah like just the weird things like i remember one time just being like yeah like basically whatever sorry before i go off on a total tangent no no tangent but, away yeah like i just i would have like moments of just being so profoundly grateful f- for my body yeah, And just like its capability to carry me through this nightmare mm-hmm. of a pregnancy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I had it more the marveling and the like, look at how incredible these bodies are mm-hmm. that create life in this way with my, with my second, mm-hmm. I think I was more able to do that the second time around, like, because, you know, I didn't have the same, um, sort of fear on my back the whole time. And Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah, it's not that I enjoyed it more because that's (laughs) not the words I would use. Strong word, strong word. I think you and I are both (laughs) folks who like are not people that would say we enjoyed being pregnant. No, So um, I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it more. I would say I was able to appreciate what it was doing like more instead of like being afraid of what it was doing and what it wouldn't do the second time around. So I, I can relate to some of that, like, but it wasn't, I don't know with the first, it was like, just because it was the first time and there was so much fear and I was so uncomfortable in my skin. Um, yeah, I think for whatever reason, I was calmer about all of it when I, when I had the second go around to an extent. I did have a, a, a OB who I loved in lots of ways, but also this was a really problematic comment like basically lecture me early in my pregnancy that it was not, I could not
0: gain the amount of weight that I gained the time before, which I thought was like, you're like, cool. Well, you know, cause I really yeah. aimed to do that the first time around.
1: Well, I thought it was just like, I think, you know, like anyway, like medical system, we can like, that's a whole other episode, yeah. which I'm mostly pro, but any, this was like a moment where I'm like, I wish I had a midwife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was, that was not available to me because of my, my risks in pregnancy. But, um, yeah, I just remember like sitting there, like feeling like you think that I don't fucking know that, <laughs> like you think you need to articulate that to me. Yeah. And like, almost like one of those moments where like, I'm sure you've had many of them where you can't even believe somebody just said the thing they said. So you're like,
0: Oh yes. And mine also involves the doctor. Yeah.
1: Where And so you're just like, I can't even like in hindsight, I was like, I should have said this. I should have done this. I'm not about to get a new doctor. I'm into my second try here. Like, (laughs) you know, there was just like, maybe I should have, but like there was complicated, like kind of, you know, there's, that's a complicated negotiation too.
0: Um, And whatever it's done now, like you for whatever reasons and availabilities and stuff you had. had.
1: Yeah. But it was like, I couldn't, I was like, how is that helpful?
0: That's the thing. I always wonder like how, is commenting on somebody else's appearance mm-hmm. in an unasked for way. Yep. Ever helpful.
1: Never. And I, I want to come back to that because it's like a huge fundamental part of how my family is orients around bodies now, uh, with our kids and just in our modeling. But I do remember like, you know, even after, after my first and after my second, just that like, sort of feeling like I uh, not in my body and like in somebody else's body Mm -hmm, I remember mm -hmm. trying to go to yoga for the first time after my first and just like being so disappointed and I don't even think this one was about like thinness or size or anything it was just like my body wouldn't do yeah what I expected it to do what I needed it to do for me yeah from a physical fitness perspective
0: I remember that that's how I felt the first time I stepped on a soccer field Oof, yeah and I was just like oh I can't. Okay. So I'm not yeah. just going to get from here to there. Like, cause I feel like before yeah. I would literally just have to think in it, it would happen. Totally. Where now, like it was just so much more effort and so much more like, okay, so now I need to run, but it's not going to be as fast. And like, uh-huh. it's just a whole new way of relating to the body that I was in. And it, it's wild. But uh-huh. I wanted to ask you, when you talk to your kids about your pregnancy, do you ever talk about your body? Like, does, does that ever come up in terms of like those early days of parenthood or is it more about the emotional and social aspects of it?
1: When I talk, so when, when I talk to them about my pregnancy, do I talk about what happened to my body?
0: Yeah. Or do you talk about your body in any way? That's, that's an interesting question.
1: I think like, I definitely was talking to my oldest about what was happening to my body when I was pregnant with my second, Mm -hmm. um, from a science place, Mm -hmm. like, and just really trying to be like exciting and like this is all like amazing and um this is what bodies are supposed to do mm-hmm. um or whatever there's no supposed to do but like also just like prepping him for like what changes were coming and what that was going to be like um as far as like talking about my body no i make a very conscious intentional practice of never talking about my body in front of my kids i'm i'm very invested right now in this idea of body neutrality. Okay. Like I'm not, I, I understand like the place and the benefit of body positivity, mm-hmm. but I also have been doing a lot of reading about like the value of body neutrality, like where it's like, we're not positive. We're not negative bodies or bodies. They do all kinds of different things. This is what they do for us. Mm-hmm. And sort of like really trying to take like value positive or negative out of the discussion around bodies. So I don't know if that makes sense. I want, I'll, maybe I'll post some resources on body neutrality. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I think it's just this movement of like, let's stop thinking about them so much. Okay. And like prioritizing either which way conversations about bodies. And meanwhile, we're here talking about bodies, but (laughs) you know, like, I just think it's an interesting approach. So for me, that sort of does inform like how, how I'm, how I, Relate to my own body, like around my kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into that then. So, how do you approach talking about bodies with your kids? So, what does body neutrality look like in your household?
1: Well, first of all, like our golden rule in our house is that we don't talk about other people's bodies full stop. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's to compliment. It doesn't matter if it's to describe in a mm-hmm. particular way. Um and bodies include all the things about a body. So I mean, it's not obviously like, you know, we've had plenty of conversations about race and racism and like the way in which those pieces are important for us to talk about when it comes Mm -hmm. to bodies but very early on and in a i tried to be like non-shaming but like um hopefully through modeling because we don't do it it doesn't come up that often but kids are observant and they're going to be descriptive Mm -hmm. so they're going to say things when you're out in the world about what they observe and what they see and just like being very intentional about how to respond to that. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't I, I understand why you might notice that. We don't talk about other people's bodies though. Like just kind of full stop. Okay. Um, when it comes to something around like maybe disability where like my child's like that person has one leg or they're in a wheelchair. A little, I feel a little different about that. I think it's important to be um, open and kind and yeah, they are. That's how they move from place to place that's how they get around or yeah, they have one leg and you have two, everybody's bodies are different. Mm-hmm. So that always being kind of the boil, but yeah, they look like that. And you look like this, those are differences that people have in the way that they're made. So just sort of like, I think that's sort of lending itself to that neutrality thing, but also like, obviously I know there's like important politics to like certain things that do come up. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's, what are some of your practices?
0: Um, I think I feel a little bit differently about that more. Like we cuz you know people will be like don't tell your kid they're prettier, they're beautiful or whatever. My partner mm-hmm. and I are constantly telling our kid that he's beautiful. Yeah, We tell absolutely. him his skin's beautiful, we tell him his hair is beautiful cuz yep. we know if he's not getting it at home, he might not be getting those same messages out in the world. Absolutely. And so like it's like we're placing this armor on him. Yeah. So he walks out into the world knowing that he's fucking beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And um and so that's important to us. Yeah. That he knows that because um yeah, there will come a day where The world will get to him Mm -hmm. and he will not be getting those messages, but Mm -hmm. hopefully he will have internalized it so that Mm -hmm. he still feels confident walking around in the body that he's in.
1: But I think that's an important difference in terms of how you're talking about that in your house and how I'm talking about that in my house, because my kids are going to get different messages from Mm -hmm. the world around them. Mm -hmm. So it's less of a concern for me that they need that armor in the same way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we also make sure when we're talking about body parts, we use anatomically correct names for body parts absolutely. Which is like kind of a bit challenging for me because my, my brain just will not retain anatomical information. Like I suck at anatomy. I cannot like my brain. I've taken anatomy courses. I've like tried to learn so much about anatomy and my brain is just like, nope, shut it down. Shut it down. You, we you don't can have lock in
1: penis and testicles. I think you've got yes, that. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but my brain is like, you know what? It's important that you know, the single, like every single word to like a Boys to Men song. Yeah. Than it is that you know, like, I don't know, what a urethra is.
1: Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> she knows every single name of every
0: member of S club seven. But I was just no trying to name them again. And then I was like, no, that's too many times yeah. <laughs> for one podcast in 2021. It's just, that's just how you're wired, right? You're yeah. wired for pop culture. But like, you know, so we like, uh, but I'm okay to look it up. Totally. Like I, you know, when it comes up in conversations, I'm happy to have, answer questions and to encourage questions. And like when my child asks a question, I'll often be like, okay, great question. Let's get into Mm -hmm. it. So this is this and this is that. And, you know, like questions, whether it's about like, why is somebody in a wheelchair or like what's going on with, I don't know, like, why is that person doing like looking like A, B, C or D where like we, I think it's important because part of it, we want him to see Mm -hmm. everybody for who they are. Totally. And we want him to be exposed to as many varieties of skin types and body types and mm-hmm. abilities and hair colors and faces and races mm-hmm. as possible. And so yep, I think part of sure. that is like him being able to point out what he's seeing for and sure. us being able to talk about it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we read, we look at stuff, we meet yeah. people. Well, I'm who we're we kidding. We don't meet people anymore. That's not a thing we do, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I want to just circle back. Like I a hundred percent agree with everything you just said. So I don't want to be misleading in the, what I said before about like, we don't talk about people's bodies ever. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like they're those parts of the conversation are certainly ones that are valuable and important that we have sort of in the mm-hmm. way that I described before. Um, and yeah, that person does have, beautiful hair that looks like this um Mm -hmm. those pieces and I think maybe more where we like we don't talk about other people's bodies live is like when it comes to size or shape or um like fat phobia specifically Mm -hmm. um that's kind of like more where that practice lives for us
0: of the episode where we do our momentum and shout out. Megan, what cool parenting move did you see this week?
1: Okay. I want to shout out a friend of mine. My son goes to their house after school on Wednesdays and they mm-hmm. kind of, they do like after school, I don't know, they just hang out with um, my friends. My friend's daughter is a couple years older and they're really good pals. They walk mm-hmm. home together and they, they hang out. And the other day um, they were playing with another kid that lives in their complex. And he, he was another boy identifying kid um, and they were playing hockey or something. Mm -hmm. And um, the other boy started to like sort of be rude and gendered and misogynist about um, the way that my friend's daughter was playing hockey. My son was quiet at first and then um, I guess sort of like joined in a little bit in a a way that was like not okay. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway and she sort of just got quiet and you know like didn't really say much but Afterward, my friend overheard them talking about what had happened and she heard my son say, are you still mad? I didn't know you were mad. And it was this really cool opportunity. She told me about it after where she was able to kind of intervene and talk to them both about a, like, sometimes when people feelings are being hurt or when they're being impacted by something, shame and all the things that go with that make people feel like they can't speak up or they can't mm-hmm. say anything mm-hmm. just because somebody doesn't act in a particular way and without like blaming and shaming him either or without him being in trouble or any of that stuff it was just like this beautiful moment where they were able to talk through like why might somebody act a certain way when they're upset versus mm-hmm. another way it ended up being actually kind of a great conversation around consent and like knowing when it's okay and when it's not okay and just because somebody doesn't say that they're not okay explicitly doesn't mean that they're okay Nice. Mm -hmm. And so it was beautiful. I thought she handled it so well. So I just want to shout her out and I hope all parents could be as mindful and thoughtful in having that conversation with the kids in their life.
0: Awesome. more like how you talk about people's bodies as opposed to totally. whether or not you talk about them because that's the thing too I think it's yeah absolutely like, cause it's all about the connotation that you put on a term mm-hmm. yeah I think
1: I misspoke before because
0: like fat is a descriptor it doesn't hit but then people have taken it to be yeah. a negative connotation so oh, instead of like fat being a descriptor and like skinny being a descriptor there's they're very loaded now
1: they're super loaded and like there's lots of like taking back and reclaiming of like fat pride and you know like mm-hmm. I don't want to speak for um like you know social movements but like Mm -hmm. there's definitely like there's a politics to like the use of that for sure but Mm -hmm. like in what my kid has been exposed to like they're probably that's probably not like the connotation that they're under learning that in and so we can like definitely have that conversation about like well it's complicated and like let's talk about what that means um But yeah, so I, I appreciate how you so much more articulately talked through that because that definitely aligns more with like our approach, um, than just like not talking about bodies at all. Uh, it's more about like how, and there's, there's a conscientiousness around the politics of certain components of those discussions, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's tricky though. Um, oh, for sure. I I think what stresses me out Mm -hmm is that and this is the case for everything really when it comes to like pol- my my values and my politics and my parenting it's the older my child gets the more notable it is that I am I have less control over the message
0: yes so how do you deal with that
1: scream into my pillow I
0: don't know. <laughs> oh my god sorry quick sidebar have you seen the trailer for scream five
1: no, but my partner has seen it probably fifty nine thousand times. For whatever reason, he loves Scream, and I yeah, need to. What watch do you mean it, for
0: whatever reason? Yeah, no, no, Come it's on, it's great. It's great.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. I digress, but like the I know what you did last summer. Trailer came out for like a show, and he's yeah. like, I heard him like scoff and be like B rate Scream.
0: Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Back. Coming back. Um... <laughs> scream into your pillow.
1: Yeah, scream into my pillow. I know. I just I think that like. You know, like anything, we try to have a very open door approach around mm-hmm. like, oh, that's interesting. Like, why do you think that? Where did you hear that? Um, yeah. A
0: neutral question. Just kind of dig and get a little more information.
1: And push back with like
0: information again. Yeah. Like,
1: well, here's one of the things that can happen when we say that yes. or when we think that um, and why we might want to challenge ourselves to think differently about that mm-hmm. or to understand X, Y, Z in a different kind of way. But I also have moments of like pure joy and like where I feel, okay, I think like maybe we're sending some of the right messages because I think that my oldest, biggest crush physically and otherwise is Nicole Byer. Oh, yes. So from like why an attraction. Why won't you date
0: me? Why won't yeah. you date me? <laughs> Sorry. She's a podcast called Why Won't You Date Me? And I was singing the theme song so it's very catchy. She's basically like a mogul at this point. Oh yeah. She's also the host of Nailed It on Netflix. And she's got a podcast with Sushi Rosumeida called Best Friends. And I feel like we've talked about her before. And we've totally. So I'm like, I've definitely plugged all of her projects before. Yeah, she's amazing.
1: (laughs) And like she is tremendously beautiful. Um, as far as like conventional white supremacy beauty standards, probably doesn't fit in that particular box. Mm -hmm. Um, so Like it's, it's come to my attention that like my oldest, like really has a thing for Nicole Mm Byer and I, it brings me so much joy. I'm like, okay, well, somewhere along the way here, like I'm hopeful that some of our, the way that we understand beauty and bodies and are having some of those conversations and I'm not like celebrating us. I'm sure we're going to have major faux pop moments coming as well. Um, But I'm like, okay. So like something in the way that we're talking about this is conveying like that, that's a beautiful body. Mm -hmm so I don't know. I, maybe we can't take any credit for that, <laughs> but like, come on, once in a while, we need to take
0: some credit. Yes. I think though, Um, within, in terms of like external messaging and stuff, I mm-hmm. mean, my kid's still, he's only four and he like mm-hmm. gets irate if he happens to see an ad because everything we watch is on streaming. Yeah, and so he like, never sees this? an ad and like, yeah. you know, when we're watching Amazon prime and then for the longest time, every ad that came up was that like, Uma Thurman like Robert Niro yes. thing show I can't remember what it's called probably grandpa or something like that they're always
1: inappropriate too based yes. on the show you're watching yes. I'm yeah. like
0: we're watching brain candy why I is this- <laughs> <laughs> but my son will get so mad like he'll yell mom there's an ad and he's like how do we turn it off and I'm like you're exactly gonna have to
1: wait it out I know
0: so, yeah so external messaging from like media and that kind of thing so mm-hmm. far we are able to keep a lid on it but there is a thing sometimes where family members maybe mm-hmm. make comments that are in a little bit out of alignment with what we're doing because people grow up in different generations different eras so you know commenting on food or commenting they have their
1: own body stuff too yes, that they're bringing exactly to the table.
0: exactly mm-hmm. everybody does mm-hmm. yeah and so I think that one's a little bit tricky trying to handle that messaging mm-hmm where sometimes we'll have follow-up conversations with my child and just be like, Hey, mm-hmm. remember when this came up? So ABCD or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of an example now, because it's probably more helpful.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Like it's probably like, I could think of examples where somebody who's just like flippantly has said, or like is regulating like what my kid is eating
0: mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. how
1: much they're eating. Yes. Um, and like, I'm also like very careful to be like they may not have like interpreted that in any other way. Yes. Other than like there has to be more for everyone else. But yes. I I I definitely keep my eye on it. Yeah. And my oldest has, you know, it's heartbreaking. And and again, I think this breaks down like some of the gender stuff. And it is, you know, we do know that kids who identify as boys are also dealing with body expectations and all mm-hmm. of the messaging. Mm-hmm. Um I certainly acknowledge that there's complexity for everyone in their gendered identity mm-hmm. in this. Discussion, but like I have had a moment where my child has been like stuck in their belly and like you know looking at themselves in the mirror, and like you know you just you can imp- imply what they're thinking, yeah, in th- with their little beautiful child form, yeah, they're looking and they're thinking about, and I think he may have even have said like something body negative, like about mm-hmm. his, the shape of his body. And that's like, again, where it's like the clearly this, like this, like this is one area where I really believe that we're like hyper conscientious about how we think, talk and act around bodies. Where, where does that message, how does that message get in? Mm -hmm. Right. How does it get in? How the hell did it, there's a, the calls coming from
0: inside the house.
1: (laughs) How did did that message get under his skin? Yeah. And I mean, it's obvious, of course it did. Right. Like, yeah,
0: because it's everywhere and it's, you know, it's on the playground. It's, on when you turn away and suddenly Robert De Niro is making crass remarks on the television (laughs) because because our kid just wants to watch the next episode of brain candy. And just like, you know, there are things that get in. I think that's why, again, it's so important to just have like open conversations because Mm -hmm. these things will always get in, but like, we don't want them to stay in.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We want them to be like, uh, not osmosis because that implies it gets in more deeply, but like like it comes through you
0: Mm -hmm. versus
1: like sticks in.
0: Yes. And I feel like that's one of my key things. Maybe we should end on this. What is your, like, what are your key things that you Mm -hmm. want to pass on to your child or not pass on to your child? Like what, what do you Uh, want? What do you hope for your child body image wise? Good question. Your children. Sorry. Your children.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. There are two. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I end up talking about the older one a little bit more though, just because there's like more complexity there sometimes, but and it's like um, a good
0: contrast because our youngest yeah. are the same. So then I cover yeah. the young, you cover you the old. You cover that, I'll
1: cover this. I want them to know that our bodies are a gift,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what they do for us is remarkable. And I want there to be a profound practice of gratitude around bodies. Mm-hmm. That's number one because I think if we could sit in that, like it's good armor. Uh, like you said, I like the word that you used before about being armor. It's good armor Mm -hmm. against some of the other messaging that's harmful. And I want them to also, because of who they are as they're in their identity, as people that have a tremendous amount of privilege to also recognize where they have a job to do and a role to play in promoting and lifting up and uh, being um, kind and positive and accepting and um, acknowledging of all bodies that are beautiful and wonderful and amazing. So extending that same gratitude that they have for their own self Mm -hmm. and their own body to everybody else's. I like that. What about you?
0: I, my biggest thing is I want to be mindful and always kind of aware of what my own baggage is that I'm bringing into body image conversations and just into life. Um, like what are my triggers and how do I parent accordingly so that I'm not like downloading my shit onto my kids? Yeah. To it. my kid. Sorry, I've just got the one. Like, <laughs> I'm taking yours into into. Um yeah. So I'm not downloading my shit onto my child. Yeah. Um, if it won't be beneficial to him. And like think yeah. that's the distinction. Cause sometimes, you know what? My shit will be beneficial. It can hundred percent And it might help him with some of the things he's going through. So it's a fine line, but I want to be aware that just because I see things one way doesn't mean that he will. And as Mm -hmm. he's learning and growing, I want him to always be able to come talk to us and to develop a broad vocabulary, Mm -hmm. like through which to see the world and to be able to talk about the world so Mm -hmm. that he's not putting himself or anybody else into like a one-way narrow lane road.
1: I love it. That's beautiful. I think it's a great spot to leave it. I feel like I could talk on and on and on about like, even how some of this layers with like, sexuality and like developing bodies and like consent and and, like the things that our bodies do and like eliminating shame from that part of the conversation. But maybe that's for another time.
0: Well, we will see you again in two
1: weeks. Now let's pause for momentum.
0: Reflection. She trudges down the stairs, walks right into the arms of the people who hold her dearest see her clearest let her be exactly who she is making her feel loved helping her to feel enough but once she's out that door out of their embrace the onslaught begins she looks up from the screen in her hand stares in her locker mirror perplexed the image staring back doesn't match the one in her head so much time spent fixated on being what she thinks they want never stopping to ask herself who are they and what do I want Mixed messages surround her, knocking her off of the path she eagerly set foot on before the voices became too loud to ignore. Her hair, her skin, her weight, her gait, her clothes, none of them are quite right. She's already so tired, yet the day has just begun. She's weary beyond her years, forced to grow up fast, trying to fit her body into the mold the world has laid out for her. Striving to reach the day when they will tell her that she is good enough, not yet knowing that the words that matter most are the ones she tells herself.
1: We acknowledge that Gaining Momentum is recorded, produced, and edited on the unceded territory of the Selic Okanagan people.
0: And the traditional lands of the Anishinabe, Anina, Oji Cree, Dena, and Dakota peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Gaining Momentum. We hosted making an Abbey.
1: With artwork by Kabu yeah. Katja. Yeah. With music by Evan Guy Sartre
0: please check our show notes with each episode for more information on Catherine and Evan, plus how you can stay in touch with us through email, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.